It's the Tiltcast, episode 507, Basically Canadian. And this week, guys, we talk Hard Space Shipbreaker, A. V Rising, A. Core Keeper, and Kepler. Stay tuned. That booty. Be a rootin' tootin' good time. Ooh, yeah. We're back. It's the Tiltcast. It is May 28th at 9.47 p.m. on a Saturday. I'm Nas. I'm Rusty. Fucking Jason. Fucking Jason, God damn it! We're never ready to show. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> the three of us... Delays. With the three of us, you're going to get some amount of times worth of bullshit. Yes. Um, some games and some news. Mm. Um, we got Rusty back in a physical location. That is correct. I am physically here. I am not metaphysically here. I am not, uh, I am not, um, yeah, I, I, I am not a marshmallow. Uh, so we have Jason, uh, offsite, but, uh, it's thing. Yeah. Cause you know, gas prices fucking suck. Yeah. Guess what? I had to fucking drive here. Eat shit, asshole. <laughs> I think me and Jason figured it's about, uh. $12 round trip for him. Well, really? It's probably, like, you know, less than that for me. I, fucking, I get 31 miles to the gallon, so it's fine. I think it's exact, It's like yeah. a 25 miles from your house to here. Is it? I think so. Oh, well. Somebody owes me a fucking pizza, then. Your, your car gets double the gas mileage mine does, Rusty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Very, very, very true. Um, you know, you could get a better truck. <laughs> but. It, it costs money. I understand. That truck becomes useful. Very, very useful. Especially right around this time. Um, how's that love seat doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to answer, this fucker. I gave him my love seat because, uh, well, there's some changes. I'll talk about Sorry. those changes here. Sorry, I had a kid invasion. Oh. So I had muted. Child invasion. Mm. Yeah, so it's 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 been it's been what, fucking three three four. You haven't weeks? you haven't been here since the middle of April. Fuck me, man. We're almost June. I wow. It's crazy. Time's time is a different fucking thing for me right now. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Um I uh I, I initially wanted to go and you know and you know s- spend some time. I was going to go up and spend some time with family up uh up in Michigan uh for Mother's Day. And that was, you know, something that I had planned and we were going to get you know get going, you know, up there and spend some time having fun. Um that turned into a lot of a lot of stuff. So, um Long story short, uh, there was a loss in my family while I was up there, uh, and that is rough enough. Um, but you know that that's kind of led to a major change in my life here. Uh, so, um, the reason why Jason has my love seat is because I will no longer need said love seat. Uh, I will be moving to uh, I'll be moving to Michigan here uh, in the next couple of weeks. 
Uh, I plan on staying on the podcast. It's probably going to be a little spotty here and there uh, while I get set up. And, well, the Northern Michigan Internet's kind of shit, so we'll see how that works out. But um, I have it's kind of like shitty DSL. Um, so it's we'll, we'll just plug a headset into your phone and we'll get on <laughs> Skype hey, or I Discord. Can, I can Discord from my phone. That's perfectly fine. I'll just go stand out in the field with my fucking like dick in the ear as a fucking antenna. Um, <laughs> it's conductive. Well, I mean, it's but at enough. least there's hope on the horizon. <laughs> hopefully, fiber in the next few months. That's correct. Uh, they, you know, that backwards ass little fucking town that I'll be moving back to that I grew up in. That's basically about the size of one city block, if that, and has about half the fucking people of a fucking Walmart um, as residents. I will have fiber internet in that, and that is going to be 200 up and 200 down fiber, which is not too fucking shabby. Um, and that is, that is a bonus. Um, it's not something that I fully expected to happen. Uh, it just happened to happen at the same time. Um, but yeah, I'll be moving in with a buddy. Um, uh, I've talked to him. He's, uh, he's, uh, talked about him on the show a couple times. He's a streamer. He used to play, uh, World of Warcraft and has played, uh, uh, Final Fantasy 14 with me for, uh, you know, for a while. Uh, and he recently also had to move from his location in Florida up to Michigan and has not yet been set up for streaming just yet because, well, the internet sucks right now. So, um, we are basically going to fucking Wonder Twins activate that motherfucking house into a, uh, you know, in, into a modern uh, streaming slash podcasting studio uh, and get it, you know, all fucking smart with, you know, with rings and Alexas and all kinds of shit. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be a challenge turning a, you know, turning an old home into a smart home. But I think we can make it work. Um, I'm not going to do a. Linus Tech Tip style fucking makeover of the place, uh, but I will definitely do the budget version of a Linus Tech Tips version of that. Uh, well, you know, not all of us have Linus money and or Linus sponsors. Dude, dude, that motherfucker basically didn't have to pay a goddamn dime for his house. He just had everything sent to him. Where can I get that shit, right? <laughs> what have I done wrong? <laughs> Can can Ubiquity send me like fucking forty or fifty grand worth of fucking switches just I mean, because you're, you're basically Canadian now, so <laughs> you might as well just work for him. <laughs> no, uh, not only is he uh, on the other side of the Canada, Canadian, the landmass, um, he's also. Um, it's it's actually quite hard to get a job with him, <laughs> from what I understand. And I don't think that I could actually, you know... I don't know. Um, it seems... It, his his on-video personality is different than his business personality. I understand that. But there might be a point in which 
I might not be compatible with his fucking snarky ass, and I might have to smack a bitch. <laughs> it doesn't look <laughs> like he's that big of a man. Not only that, but uh, Michigan is on the wrong side of the uh, U.S. for that, because uh, they're in British Columbia, which that's, is north of Washington. That's what I said. He's on the com- completely opposite side of the landmass. I know I know my northern territories. <laughs> what's, the, what's the Canadian state or territory across from you? Uh, Ontario. Ontario. Oh, okay. Yep. How far away is it? Uh, uh, the Ontario you know, going to Ontario. It's like an hour away. It's no, it's about an hour and a half drive, hour and a half to two hours. But if you uh, if you keep, uh, take into account having to go through Canadian customs, uh, you want to add another hour or so. Um, it used to be a lot easier. You could just cross a fucking bridge and be like. Congratulations, you're in Canada. Um, that has changed since uh, everybody wanted to do a mass exodus up there at one point um, without getting super political about it. Uh, that basically locked the lockdown to fucking everything. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you yeah, need your passport now. <laughs> you're the actual closest border crossing to, uh, to where Rusty's going to be is... Don't say Detroit. Uh, basically, uh, is basically like three hours away. Don't say Detroit. Please don't no, say Detroit. No, it's uh, it's it's Salt Saint Marie. I knew you were gonna fuck that one up. Ah, <laughs> is it Sault Saint Marie? It's Sault Saint Marie. Uh, it's okay. uh, it, it is. There's a lot I of French names. There's a lot of French names in Michigan because it it's used to be a Canada. Well, no, it used to be a. Uh, there's there used to be French forts in Michigan. If you if you look in the history of it, the the uh, uh, like Michigan was uh, a big part of the French and Indian War. So there there used to be yeah, a lot of forts um, and shit there. Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, and a lot of the. Uh, a good part of the northern uh, half, northern half of the state of New York and Vermont were all French territories at one point. Yeah, it's it's it, there's a, there's a lot of weird you know weird places weird town names up there, um, uh, and it's actually quite a big mix of different uh, different things. Like there's Sault Ste. Marie, which is uh, spelled. Salt Saint Marie, uh, and my flub. What's that? Hence my flub. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the northern peninsula of uh, of Michigan is a bunch of French names. The UP towns. <laughs> you talking about the UP? <laughs> the UP. The UP. <laughs> it's not UP. It's UP. UP like Y O O P. I.e. or youpers. Um, Speaking of, I've I've learned I've I, I remember my Michigander history enough. I am basically fifty fifty now. Uh, oh oh oh! The dog wants wants love. Um, I'm basically fifty fifty. I am half Michigander and uh, half Oki, uh, which is. Which is kind of weird. <laughs> it's it's kind of like I'm, I I kind of I kind of identify as both. Um, 
but there's going to be a big thing. Um, I can't call soda pop. Uh, I it's I've lived too far. I've lived in the South too much to be able to convert back to pop. Uh, it's always and forever going to be soda or energy drinks, or I'll just call it by its fucking name. Coke. Um, <laughs> or, or Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Mostly drink. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, Mountain Dew. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at least 25% Mountain Dew at any one time. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a change. Um, there's, uh, you know, I'm going to be loading up on video games on, you know, loading my, my hard drive up, setting up myself with, uh, with a decent collection of, large titles uh that require a lot of bandwidth to download um so that I can have them on the machine and ready to go for at least the next month or two uh while I'm waiting for fiber to get in there um but I'm going to be you know I've got plans to set up a, a podcast studio so that the recordings you know is still going to look you know sound you know very good uh, and, uh, be able to do all the stuff that I normally do here on the podcast. Um, but I'll just be doing it in a completely different state. Uh, and this has kind of been a thing that I have thought about over the past, what, a couple of years at least. I knew eventually I was going to be moving back to Michigan at some point. Uh, I just didn't quite know that it was going to be this quick. Um, so, you know. We'll work it out, but it's going to be, uh, it, it, that's just, it's, it should be just a, a bit of a appearance, like just me appearing on the podcast might, might be a little flaky for the next couple of weeks until I get everything set up, but we'll get back to rolling just like we have been, you know. Well, yeah, I'm even trying to figure out a going away party of sorts for Rusty in the interim. So yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that next week we probably won't record. Yeah, well, we're we're gonna we'll probably have have that going. Um, he's gonna he's gonna smoke a meat of some sort, um, and I'm probably going to you know be here to you know observe because I'm getting a smoker, and as an extension, it'll have a grill on it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about getting a pellet smoker. Have you heard of those? Yeah, it's the it's the cheater way to do it. It's the cheater way to do it, he says. You know what? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you can get close to it. You can get close to what I can do, but you get close to well, I mean I could fucking do a, a normal I, smoker. I really you don't really need very much for a smoker. You just uh, need to have a you know a fire chamber and a, you know in a spot to you know to filter the smoke in there and then be able to you know temperature control the fucking barrel. You could do I that mean, with a barrel. <laughs> You know, you know, there's, that's, there's I mean, literally the 55 gallon drum smokers right. that people do. Um, I think I'm a little bit partial, not partial to those just because of the, it's not, it's different because there is a, when you have two separate chambers for smoking, right? Right. You've got a little bit more control over your indirect heat, which is why I like the side barrel smoker a lot. Right. In fact, that's kind of I'm super partial to it now after trying every which way. I had a really cheap charbroil here for a while, if you guys remember. 
that I was using the side barrel never got hot enough, so I'd end up putting offsetting stuff in the main chamber. Right. And never got it quite right. And it would always stall at yeah. weird spots. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up getting another charbroil, which I also tossed. Don't get a charbroil. Uh, that's it's a piece of shit. You yeah. have to mod the fuck out of it to get it to work right. Yeah. In fact, the side barrel was so ineffective, I could never get the main chamber over like 200 degrees. And I got it so hot one time, it melted parts of the inside of the smoking chamber because it's too far away. The entry hole is too small. Um, and it's made out of cheap steel. So it just, it can't hold temperature. Um, I got something called a Dynaglow, um, which is way modded out right now. So, and it, like, just like you can mod anything, it's got, I guess it's called welder's tape or welder's insulation around the door to seal it. Right. It's made out of a much thicker steel than a lot of the other smokers are. So, so it'll hold heat? It holds heat a lot better. In fact, the, <laughs> the door is almost an inch thick. It's about three quarters inch steel. Um, I had temperature gauge issues. I've actually already fixed that. Um, but I have had nothing but a great experience with that Dynaglow. And it doesn't take a lot to kit it out for um, to be a really good smoking experience. And I've gotten it. I've got a, and I'll show you later, right? This is not podcast stuff, but like I've got a wireless temperature probe that I use on it now. Yeah. So I can work and watch my temp, and then you can set that ambient probe on whatever rack that you're on because it's got a rack clip on it. Right. And you clip that to the right underneath the meat, and then you can see exactly what the ambient temperature is right around your meat. Then it's got a separate probe for the meat, and then I can set that in here while I'm working and you just watch it and then I don't ever open the door. Right. And then I just let it smoke and then I baste it occasionally. That's exactly what we were going to do. I mean, the, the uh, idea, the, the, the Traeger thing. So let me explain my reasons against Traeger. Okay. Can it, you can't, the pellets are not the same consistency of wood. They're, they're, they're compressed wood. They're compressed wood. Yeah. Right. There's some kind of binder they've got in there and it tastes different. Um, the heat can get very hot in there, um, but you don't get a lot of the carbon you get with regular wood. That's, that was one of the things. You can't change the flavor with the type of charcoal you use plus Mm -hmm. the wood. And so you only get the flavor of the pellets and the pellets, no matter what they do to them, there's my, my ribs always taste better than my dad's Traeger ribs. Okay. 100% of the time they do. (laughs) And it's something that we talk about quite often. Okay. And so anytime we get into quote unquote competition with our barbecue, he breaks out the hasty bake because he knows uh, that my 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 smoker will outperform that trigger any day of the week. Now the things the trigger has good for it is it'll keep an exact temperature for you mm-hmm. the entire time. Right. I've got that thing so sealed up right now, I only have to change charcoal out at about every two hours. So I only have to add anything about every two hours now. In fact, when I made that bologna, mm-hmm. um, I only added once. Well, bologna only takes like four hours. Right. So, and that's me being, laying some pretty heavy smoke on it. But that's the thing. It's very good. I can add heavy smoke to that. Right. Right. The Traeger is going to be consistent. But it's, yeah. I can't change that. And then I can't decide, okay, I want, I'm looking at it and I don't think that it's getting the, 
you know, the exactly the way that I want it to smoke. So I'm going to add a little bit more wood. So it's the smoke's not the same that I, I've been. I'll go over by it and then like sniff the chimney essentially. Right. Like he's like, it needs more smoke. It needs more smoke. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah. So just okay. the Traeger is the Traeger is the lazy man smoker. And it is good if you're going to work all day and just fire and forget because you know the inside of that is going to be exactly what you thought it was. That's... And you just put a probe in it, and then you can just step away and do whatever you want until it's done. And it will be good, but it won't be as good as a stick burner, ever. Fine. Okay. All right. Hasty bake if you're if you're getting fancy. <laughs> if I'm getting fancy. Hasty bake's badass. Uh, I, I love so, hasty bake. <clears throat> My, um... Uh, so there's a couple different challenges that I'm going to run into, you know, while I'm up there. I mean, sure, it's a house, but it's also... A house that is completely surrounded by wilderness. There are bears up there. I have to be able to, you know, have something. Is there a fence? Not, this is a big fucking property, dude. I mean, it's a big fucking property to the point of, like, I'm going to have to move lawn. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you need, like, a, um, you need, like, a fucking 50 caliber or something so this is this is exactly what or you're you know, gonna need a desert eagle you set next to that <laughs> so that that's that's one of the things that you know that we've you know we've got so so there's a couple things that you can do um it's technically within village limits so i can't do what some of the uh, uh some of the people out in the country would do where they have uh, basically like black powder cannons that just do a big boom. They don't shoot anything. They just, it's a sounder and it will drive anything that's on their property away. Uh, and that, you know, that's what, you know, like cattle farmers would use to, uh, you know, the cattle eventually get used to that sound and they don't freak out. So I've but, shot, we shot some of these on 4th of July last year. Mm -hmm. My uncle brought over these black powder cannons. So it's like a little bitty cannon. Right. That you'd put on a boat, basically. Yes. It's loud as fuck, and isn't it's, it? Like it shakes the ground. Yes. Yeah, those I mean, are loud. That, that's what some of the places will use to, you know, to drive away, you know, predators from, you know, from the property up there um, to keep them off of the property. And they stuff call them like a that. signal cannon, right? Yep. Something like that. It's a signal cannon. And you'll you'll hear them go off every so often up there. Just uh, you'll, you'll you'll hear that. I want to do something a little bit different. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be bear protecting the property because I don't necessarily like the idea of the bears coming right up to the freaking uh, porch. And I've heard from them that the bear does come right up to the front door. And in fact, they have a, a driveway that's right in front of the door, um, or a parking spot that's right in front of the door. Uh, and my buddy's mom, who is, you know, she's she's not a spring chicken anymore, but she's you know she she's pretty spry. Uh, she uh, walked out the front door and around the back of her, uh, her vehicle, and she said, "It's a good thing that I went around the back of the vehicle because." the bear was sleeping at the driver's side door and she would have been like within a few feet of the bear uh, if he, if she had come around the front. And she saw the bear. The bear kind of looked up and saw her 
And she just kind of backed around the corner of the back of the car and walked right back into the house, closed the door and watched from the door. And the bear came right up to the door, kind of stared at her for a bit and then wandered off. And I just looked at her and I said, that shit's not going to happen. It's not going to happen around here. There's, um, there's no fence. There's no fence. I mean, there's there's no way to fence you know that property in. It's huge. No, uh, I mean, you couldn't just make a fenced in area. Well, I could probably fence in an area for like the smokers and you know and the and the stuff like that. Yeah, I could. Um, but there currently isn't, uh, and it doesn't matter what kind of fence you put up if a bear wants to get in or going to get in. Um, and that's going to be a big problem for, you know, say a long smoke. If you've got something that you're going to be smoking for like eight hours or something like that, you're going to need to be able to protect that. Right. Um, and generally the bears are not going to be walking around during the day. Uh, so as long as I'm not smoking at night, I'm fine. Um, and generally if there's any kind of movement on the property, then, you know, then it'll scare most of these bears away. And then the the last resort would be loud noises. Um, so. Yeah, but a bear has like one of the strongest noses out of any yes. animal. Yes, I know. So like once you start smoking something, they're they can smell it for like two miles away. And they're going to gum. Yes, yes. Um, so. It's an I'm, apex predator, dude. Is it a black bear or brown it's a, bear? It's a black bear. You know, and the black bears are generally vegetarian. You know, most of the time. So they're, they're omnivores, but they're generally vegetarian. They lean towards vegetarian. So, uh, how big is this bear? Well, the one that I saw, because I saw this, was, uh, a yearling. Um, you could tell it was, you know, not a cub, but it was still growing. Uh, and about the size of a, uh, 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 of a, uh, of a large dog. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at shoulder height to so like, like a, a really fat, great Dane, like a, yeah, like a great Dane, like a very big great Dane. Um, in fact, I mistook it initially for a black dog getting in the trash because all I saw was his hind, hind haunches. It was mostly in the trash can. Uh, and then it backed out and I saw that's not a dog. <laughs> so, um, but that is one of what is believed to be a, you know, a group or family of bears in, you know, in the area. So, uh, and they're all over the place up there. I mean, you, I mean, that's just, it's wildlife up there. That's, it's not the city, you know? So <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> So how would you protect your smoker from a bear? 50 cal. Um, rod iron, rod iron fence, pointed rod iron fence. Yeah. Um, gun wise, as big as I think I could shoot. You'd only need a fucking 12 gauge. No, you need a loud, you know, a bear. Okay. The bear's not charging you. It's after the food. So as long as you make a loud noise, you it'll go away. If the bear's charging you, yes, you're going to want a fucking elephant rifle. But, you know, if you're just wanting to get off the property, 12-gauge is fine. So when I was a kid working at the ranger station, um, I think I've told this story. I used to clean roadkill and I used to clean snake cages and feed, you know, owls and hawks and eagles and all sorts of shit with gross shit. Mm, nice. Um, the mm. ranger that was up there was also a 
game hunter, like a large game hunter. Right. Would go up to like Alaska and bear hunt and stuff like that. He said the thing about bears is if you shoot them, they take a while to die. Yes. So he said the largest caliber that you can get. Yes. Um, he said he has shot a bear that was charging him and it shot him in the head and the bear continued to charge him and then dropped dead a few feet in front of him. Right. Um, he said it's uncanny that prey drive that they have. They, 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 their body can run on the last bits of adrenaline after their heads severed, basically. Yeah. They will continue to go. So that's why I say like a 12 gauge with slugs is like still, it's loud. You would have to chamber several shots into it with slugs. And I, I'm not really going to be shooting the bear, though. That's the thing. So You want something for protection, so I say get a Desert Eagle 50. Right. And with, well, I don't think it only holds seven shots. And fire it a few times so you know how that kicks because it kicks uh, like a... It, I know. I've, I've, I haven't fired one, but I've, I've, I've seen them fired. They're heavy? Yes, they're heavy as fuck. But... They still kick like like I don't know if you've ever shot a forty four. It kicks harder than a forty four. Right. The the only reason I say a fifty caliber eagle is because it at least is portable, sorta. Um, for for a hand cannon, yes. This is not a concealed carry weapon. This is literally <laughs> just it's portable that in that you could carry it out there with one hand and then set it next to the grill and not have a long rifle setting next to the grill. Well, but it's also a very expensive gun. It's not. It, that's that's i mean I, I mean i understand that's that's fine it's also about like five or ten dollars a shot i it, don't know what that it, ammo is right it, now but it's probably an unreal ammo is pretty crazy right now but so all we were going to do and this is this is this is what we were going to uh, what we were planning um is uh we were going to set up uh we were going to set up a um a bear perimeter basically we're going to go full tech on it, right? Um, and while we can't have the sounder cannon uh, because of, you know. So you're going to set sirens? We're going to have village ordinances. Um, we'll, uh, we can we can either do air horn or we can do blanks. Uh, and it really doesn't matter what blanks. If you're, uh, if you're just trying to scare something off of the property, a blank, you know, a blank fire um, can be set up you know, by Wi-Fi these days. So you can set it up with a magazine of like 22 blanks and just pop off a few of them. Uh, and uh, that will be just enough to scare something away. Obviously, you're not going to be anywhere like in front of that fucker popping off 22 blanks, but um, that's, that's all we're doing basically, you know, as a like a, a sound perimeter for the you know for the area, um, if they're coming, if it's coming towards us, a the black bears are really not super aggressive. Like brown bears are more aggressive, grizzly bears are really really fucking aggressive, and you know black bears, you don't want to get like in front of them or between them and their food, but you also are not going to be fucking hunted down by them, and you know in that it way. depends on how. The- the fact that your bears are in the trash means that they're used to people. The bears are, they have lived around the town enough, but they don't necessarily go into town. So this, the house that I'm be moving into is like right at the edge of town. Like, you know, the next thing 
next to this house is a farm. Uh, so, and it's like right inside city limits or village limits. So, I like how you keep requalifying it. It's uh, the fact that it's a village. Um, yes, because I, it very much is a village limits. It's not a city. It's not a fucking town. It is. It is a village. It is I, a fucking tiny. I look forward place. to your bear tales later. I'm sure you don't. No, no, I really don't want to. Like the fucking. So this is this is a thing with me. I have, I have uh, just a handful of irrational fears in my, you know, in you know, and one of those irrational fears happens to be not necessarily the dark, but looking out a window at dark, and I will fill my pants if I look out the window and see a bear staring back at me through that fucking window. There is no stopping it. Full on shit down legs. <laughs> That's never. I think you still need to have some kind of firearm, regardless. I'm gonna have uh, that. We don't have to worry about that. Like, literally, do not have to worry about firearms sure in your, Michigan. <laughs> your parents will loan you something for bear protection. If, if the, there, I don't think there is a household in Michigan that doesn't have a firearm. So. <laughs> While I don't know exactly what my buddy has, I know that his dad's rifles are in, you know, in the house. Um, so there's something if, so there if a bear is got really ornery and There is something and it is accessible and I, you know, and I'm familiar enough with rifles to be able to use whatever is there. Um, yeah. Know, but. You know, I understand it's, it's going to, it's, it's a change. Basically I'm moving from a city to, you know, to nigh wilderness with fiber internet. So <laughs> what a mix, man. What a mix. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an adventure. Uh, this is, this is definitely not something that I had planned. Um, here, this is what I was thinking of. It's called a, shoot say 338. It's called a Lapua. But okay, so he's pulling up fucking he's pulling up fucking weapons now here. Okay, you're not on a fucking red, a blacklist now. I've been on a blacklist for a long time. <laughs> he's gonna show me a picture. Um, but yeah, the um, that yeah, see that I think that it's a smidge smaller than a than a fifty cal. Okay, and it's it's if you're hunting something really large. Okay. That's what you use. But I am not going to be hunting these. And that's a fucking round, dude. Um, I'm not going to be hunting these black bears. They're just they're just nuisance animals that need to be off the property. So I think a sounder will do just fine. Um, I'm not saying hunting. I'm just, I would want something that would stop the bear. I mean, obviously. But A, if, if the bear wanted to get into the house, um, there's... I don't know if you know what a three hundred eight or a three hundred wind mag is, but that's the that's the size of comparison. Of, so it's about thirty percent larger than a three hundred eight wind mag. That's a big round. Or I guess that'd be a three three hundred wind mag. Anyways, okay, yeah, that's that's at least uh, uh that's at least what a good ten dollars a round or so. It's like ten fifteen dollars a round. About. It's about six girl inches in length. Like it's <laughs> right. It's if I I have 
shot it exactly once, but I've got a friend of mine that owns one that talks about it all the time. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a culture change, um, for sure. Because you know, living in an apartment, there has never really been any. I I didn't really feel like I didn't really feel safe having one. Um, but living up there in the country is definitely gonna be one of those things that, uh, you walk into a place. You know, if if you walk into a house up in up in Michigan, there is at least a seventy percent chance that there is a rifle or a shotgun near the door, just hanging out, and that is that is just because most of the people that live up north are either hunters or have you know have to have them for you know for defense of their farm or whatever, and it needs to be handy. Um, you know, yep. So that's going to be, you know, that's, that is the norm up there. Uh, fuck. There was people, you know, there was kids up until like the, the craziness that's, you know, that's happened in the last fucking like 40 years. There was people that had fucking like gun racks in the, you know, in their trucks, you know, have that shit in the back of their fucking car, back of the truck. So I was wrong. It's uh, roughly about four inches long, four inches. That's still a really large bullet. It's a pretty big really. fucking round, dude, and you do not want to miss with that shit because that is like, you know, you miss once or twice and that is like It might actually be too big. Yeah. Well it's not it's not it's too big to fire around people because it travels for so far. Again, you want filmed again? Huh? Three thirty eight Lapua Magnum. It's it's Oh yeah. Dude, you're thinking you're thinking Are you still over there sniper playing sniper right? elite while we're talking? Do what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do what? Uh, everything. No, everything broke up. And when you were talking about Crystal had come in the room, so I was trying not to. Um, gotcha. Three thirty-eight Lapua yeah. Magnum. Three thirty-eight is a fucking large ass round. It's the biggest no. you can get before getting a fifty caliber. Right. And yeah, expensive so, and very specialized and. Most of the uh, most of what you're going to find up there is like 308s. Yeah, 308s probably pretty oh, pretty common up there. A 308 or a 30 out six. Yep, 308, 30 out six. Both of those are very common up north. I mean, you Damn. can pretty much put down whatever you want to put down with those. Might take a few shots if it's a bear, but well, depends on where you hit the bear. And don't hit him in the top of the fucking head. That's for sure. It'll ricochet off. Yep. Thick ass skulls. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's yeah. It's gonna be an adventure, man. Um, that is gonna be uh uh what's happening over the next couple weeks. Uh so I mean if we don't have a podcast next week, you know that we're gonna be uh uh we're gonna uh, be smoking some meat and having some you know, having some fun times here uh before I head off and then It'll it'll probably if I had to guess probably be a couple weeks before I get set up up there, um, at least with some form of uh, some form of recording opportunity. So, <clears throat> yeah, if you've got a job up in Michigan, let me know because I'm uh, I'm an IT guy and looking. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Um, yeah, I think you just get yourself a, get yourself a Desert Eagle. 
Yeah, everybody wants a D eagle, but um, yeah. Once dude, you get settled in, there's so there's so there's a couple things, uh, especially if you're moving state, you kind of have to have some residency at a location before you can actually qualify for that shit anymore. Um, so it's not going to be anytime soon, but eventually, I'll have my collection. I'll be able to have a collection because I won't be living in a city. And I mean, it's. For me, like, you know, it's not like I'm a gun nut or anything. I only own one gun, but I was so, like, I'm not going to extend this discussion too much longer, but there was a point not that far back where I was considering moving to Florida, and one of the things that I don't like about Florida is the all the fucking pythons and goddamn alligators. The pythons won't hurt you. The alligators will. Uh, depends on how hungry the python is. Pythons aren't that big. Uh, well, they've got some monster snakes down in Florida. Well, I mean, Florida. So the thing about snakes in Florida, and I guess I could ask Mackie about this since he lives in Jacksonville, but they've eaten most of the wildlife. Yeah. No, uh, I mean they're invasive taken, species. Yeah. They've taken over a lot of Florida, and then you got the fucking gators. And you see all the stories. Like I saw that story. I want to say a couple years ago, that guy that saved his dog out of the mouth of a crocodile. Right. Um. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be an alligator, but... Yeah, or out of the mouth of an alligator. Not a big fan of alligators. That's just a big... It's a, That's a old-ass, almost prehistoric apex predator. That's not almost. It is a prehistoric. That, that is that is like, one of the last living dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, very small brain, just big old mouth. It just eats things. And I mean, they're pretty efficient at it. They've, uh, they've evolved this far, so... I was looking into what I could take down to protect myself against an alligator and my dog. And that was one of the things I was like, I was going to get a tourist jug, judge and load slugs into it. And that's what I was going to carry around if I was walking the dog, basically. Yeah. So, alligator protection. <laughs> so the alligators, unless you're in water. Or close to water. They well, can run kind of fast, too. They can launch themselves out of water. Now. They when can I lived, run fairly quick. I lived in Florida. I know. I lived in Florida for a couple of years. So, I mean, I remember. I remember one of the very first days that oh, I lived very in Florida. Overprotective dog dad. I understand that, but I remember the the very first day. Uh, some of the like the first week I lived in Florida. My new roommates at the time. Uh, they they you know, just as soon as I moved there, we decided to move into. You know, a, a bigger like condo unit, um, you know, so that I'd have a, you know a bedroom, um, and uh, we were walking around the property, uh, and the property was along one of the waterways right there, uh, in uh, in Tampa Bay, and uh, it was dusk. It was you know getting pretty dark, and he's like, "Hey, watch this!" And he pulls out this you know high powered flashlight from his pocket and just you know waves the flashlight beam across the water. And there's eyes staring back at me. Fucking alligator eyes all over the fucking waterway. Like right up close to the dock and out in the fucking water and across the fucking way. As soon as they saw the you know, the light beam, they all fucking turned and looked. And they have the reflective eyes like a cat. Um, and there was a lot more than I expected. And I never walked over by that fucking dock by myself. <laughs> After that, yeah, you don't want to be a snack. Fuck that shit. I, I mean, I'd be a big, a pretty big snack, but you know that was, uh, you know, that was eye opening. Yeah, it was pretty eye opening. I was like, ah, fuck this shit. I am not going anywhere near that shit. 
Um, but outside of that, the the biggest lizards that I had seen while while living there for you know outside of that one experience um, was um, uh, there was an iguana that fell out of a fucking tree and geckos were everywhere. Um, and I didn't really see very many snakes. So, I mean, it was Tampa Bay, but I'm not looking at moving down there now. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's different depending on where you're at. If you're living towards the Everglades, yeah, you're probably going to have, you know, uh, gators and snakes that you're going to have to worry about. The the worst thing I got to worry about right now is just packs of coyotes and I've got a shotgun, so I'm fine. Fucking coyotes, man. That's another thing that's all all over the fuck up there, too. (laughs) Coyotes get desperate and crazy and they're, they can be mean in packs and. And dude, my. They, they kill dogs. My my mom's fucking, you know, the, remember that picture of the, of the uh, the pit mix that was like laying across my mom? Yeah. You and, said that I mean, dog got attacked by coyotes, right? Yep. That dog got attacked by coyotes and ripped up the, you know, ripped up her hindquarters there for, you know, pretty, you know, pretty bad. Um, they don't care. They're like big dog, small dog, doesn't fucking matter. It's all meals to them. So, um, so yeah, it's. It's wild up there. It's it's pretty crazy, man. <laughs> Rusty Stauffer's Wild America. I guess uh, I'll have uh, I'll have stories to tell. Apparently, because holy shit, um, I'm gonna be fucking bear gorillas here. So <laughs> this raher is a snapping turtle. <laughs> so, um, Jason, since you uh, you know you're not playing any games right now. <laughs> What have you been up to? Pretty much. I thought you were playing some Sniper Elite, man. I thought you had already... I was going, I was going to be, and then uh, house chores continued for a whole nother day. Don't I know that fucking feeling? Holy you took shit. time off work to do fucking chores? Well, you know. God damn, Jason. This guy. He's got priorities. I mean, that's family life. So, you know, I'm like playing the first mission like right now. Like... Like, right now. Like, at this moment, he's, like, popping fucking Nazis right now is what he's doing. He's like, I have something to talk about. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if the first mission qualifies, but you at least have it downloaded and you have started. Hey, he's, just, he's gotten oh, yeah. farther than me, man. <laughs> I guess, I mean, we can always pick up on that next time we do a show because that's all right. I understand. Right. I don't know. But, I mean, from the... From so far, I can honestly say that uh, so far I'm not impressed. Not impressed? I thought you liked the Sniper Elite series. I've I've heard a lot of I, random things about uh, the verticality on this game, about not being able to being able to climb up an embankment but not being able to jump over a rock. Oh, wonderful! Uh, there's that. There is. Um, uh, the uh like the x-ray shit is not near as impressive as it's been in the past i think that's um just just from my um my two cents on it i think the sniper elite series is just kind of played out and you know i kind of think that it felt played out a while back and they just keep going with it i, mean, I like I'm, i like the nazi zombie thing that they do pretty well yeah, but yeah, you know, for me it was, for me it was the uh, it was just kind of weird. This one is the one that has the uh, 
um, Dark Souls style invasions, right? Where the uh, uh, like a counter sniper comes in after you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Though you do have the option to turn it off, but yes. Okay. I think the the idea of a counter sniper. I mean that that was kind of a big thing in you know World War Two. The idea of having a counter sniper battle um, was, uh, you know, was was definitely you know part of you know uh, part of history. So having that in the game is kind of a uh, a neat add. Uh, but if the systems around it don't work very well, I mean, it's not going to be fun. So, I mean, it can't be a bad. Uh, it can't be as bad as Babylon's Fall. I mean, there's only one player playing that, and he's only playing it because he's the only player playing it. So, <laughs> that's, a, that's a player versus player game. Um, it's more mostly PVE, but it's got the drop in. Um, guess he's not doing any of that, right? So the, I mean. Having the drop-in option is it just adds a little spice to it, but it, we've seen games try that shit before because, I mean, Dark Souls was definitely, like, one of the first ones to have something like that happen, uh, and it's, it did add an extra bit of, like, you know, random fun to just running through a mission, uh, but... I mean, it, it gets old after a while, at least for me it does. Uh, and most of the games that have implemented sim, uh, similar systems have done it in a really shitty way. Uh, or it just doesn't work very well. <coughs> or it's not fun. Or there's no consequence to it. That's fair. I mean, you know, Dark Souls, the consequences, you lose your souls, you have to go back for them. And, you know, and the Dark Souls series is basically... Outside of Elden Ring, you had to run fairly long distances or be in a really weird spot to get your souls back. Uh, whereas, what if what happens in Sniper Elite? You have to start over the fucking you know start the mission over. Okay, you know, you're out like I mean pretty much or or your or your last checkpoint on some of the really big levels, you know. Right. And that could be anywhere between like 30 seconds to five minutes worth of like, Oh, I got to play this, you know, play this area again and shoot the same Nazi in the nuts. Whatever. Basically. <clears throat> so I, I feel like they, uh, at least so far, I feel like a lot of that's been, uh, heavily toned down. As far as, um, as far as the x-ray shooting people in the nuts kind of thing? Yeah. Really? And it feels like they're trying to make it more open. And that, to me, is a uh, is not what I want out of this series. I want it to be... Um, I preferred the experience being a little bit more linear and... Uh, and rail driven, you know, I mean, sure, you could pick your, uh, um, pick your angles of attack and whatnot that you wanted to take. Right. But, but it was generally really, going to be down a street, you know? Yeah, yeah. But really the, uh, uh, the finer points of the story, etc., were all set pieces. So, right. Uh, just to, I don't know. Trying to open it up, it just doesn't seem right either. 
Yeah. Just having a, a big open world is definitely, you know, it's one of those things that keeps happening. Like, oh, we're just going to make our game open world. You can do whatever, whenever. You know, attack these missions from any angle. That's great. Again, the systems have to be there. You know, the the systems have to be able to uh, uh, to adjust to that kind of, you know, that style of play. And if it's not done right, the game just feels empty. Yeah, and it's not for every game either. There's only a handful of open world games that are actually good, honestly. Like, I mean, I, I think back to all the fucking shooters that I've played that has basically been linear. but And you've... Yeah, you know, for the most part, you know, the the Doom style games is basically where linear games started, you know, linear first person shooters started at least. Um you know, started to become popular at the very at the very least. Anyway, um those those have you know, those are experiences. You play them for the experience and you could replay them if you want to, or you can add modifiers to them, but they're basically, you know, they didn't need to be open world, right? Um, it had their, you know, their own specific kinds of challenge to them. Um, I don't know, just throwing open world sucks. Uh, it just makes, it makes for, you know, like a catch all in games. Like, we don't need to do level design. We're just going to build a big map and make the fucking player decide how they want to play through it. It's, it's lazy. <laughs> it feels lazy. In a weird way, it does. I know that there's a lot of work that goes into open worlds, and I... And I well, there's a lot of work kind. to make it when they're good. Right, but if it's not good, and you can't jump over a rock, but you can come uh, climb up an embankment, I mean, as as an example, you know... I mean, there there's only a handful of open world games that really feel open world, where you can do practically what you want, um, you know, with its own built-in limitations that was done right, and all of the rest just kind of feel like they're copying that. So, well, it's kind of disappointing to hear that that's uh, that that's the way that they went with. Jason, you really just need to play Shipbreaker. Oh yeah, yeah. So Is it out? Yeah, and it's on Game Pass. Nice. I did, did you ever buy the original? I I did the prologue. Um so that was basically the uh the demo for it. So unload that. It's a good work simulator. I'm actually going to talk about that for just a minute then. Sweet. I've got plenty to actually talk about cuz I've had gamer ADD like crazy, so I've got a good sample of things to talk about, but Sweet. nothing complete. Great. Um I was pulling up my recently played on Steam so I could remember. Ah. Um but I do want to talk about Hard Space Shipbreaker. So out of everything, this is actually one of the ones I'm finding the most enjoyment with. And it's not as big as one of the other really big ones that's recently come out. So Hard Space Shipbreaker is a work simulator. I'm just going to say that off the bat. That's what it is. Okay. But it's basically a puzzle game where you use lasers and grab guns to pull things apart and disassemble ghost ships, basically, right? Um, in a little shipyard. And... Again, it's on PC Game Pass. Um, it's in 1.0, so this is the actual release. And there's some big changes from the original that I want to talk about. So in the original, you kind of knew why you're doing it, right? There's some audio logs that kind of explain what's going on. Yeah, you're paying off a really, really big debt. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've expanded on the story a lot, okay. which actually I think is a good thing. So there's a whole 
not going to really dig into it too much, but basically there's a whole workers union. You're basically an indentured servant. Right. Um, working in zero G and there's a whole six points of freedom flying mechanic to this that you have to cut things while your character is floating in space, um, which is actually kind of cool. It presents a unique challenge. Um, and there's a whole bunch of upgrades you get by getting salvage challenges. But on top of that, there's a whole metagame going on in the background now. Where right now I'm building up a separate scrapper ship. I guess this is part of me trying to get out of there. So I'm grabbing additional components while I'm salvaging to get that. And there's all this like crosstalk from other shipbreakers, essentially, that's happening now while I'm doing it. It's all fully voiced. Oh, nice. Um, and then there's all these like audio logs that talk a little bit about the history of the corporation and everything else, right? But um, what was the name of the corporation in Alien, the movie? Oh. Uh, it reminds me a lot of oh. that. Um, um, shit. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's been a minute. But it, it reminds me. Waylon Utani, right? Waylon Utani is, uh, is, yeah. is one of them, yes. There's a lot of, like, remember all, like, a lot of the anti-corporation vibes you got from the Alien movies? Yes. It follows that same vibe a lot, um, which is actually pretty cool. Um. So if you're a big fuck the man kind of guy, I think you'll probably like this a lot. Um, <laughs> very, if you're a very pro union guy, you're gonna you're gonna like this game a lot. the The narr- narrative in the background is actually pretty cool, and there's a lot to the bones that are on this. The the core mechanic of disassembling ships and the ships getting harder and harder and harder and giving you more tools to disassemble them because it's a lot more than a laser cutter and a anti grav gun um, is pretty neat. And then you find posters and stickers to decorate your pod as you're disassembling ships as well um, that you can hang up in your little pod that in between missions and in between missions there's a whole lot of additional dialogue that happens between you and some of the other characters in the game okay um, but like overall if you are looking f- if you don't even know what the fuck this is let me explain you're a dude in a spaceship with with your with a backpack with jets and you can go up down left right forward backwards and turn on right. on an axis right rotate and so you rotate with your thumbsticks you move left and right with one of the sticks and forward and back with one of the sticks and up and down with the a and b buttons you should play this with a controller yes i Um, noticed that from my there's too many controls with a keyboard and mouse to make this the keyboard and mouse to make it a little easier for aiming you get used to it though and you get to a point where the cut points you literally just start using the laser cutter instead of the point cutter to just slice as you float which is literally what I do. And then occasionally you hit like a, a fuel tank and blow some, something up. But um, where you disassemble, a, you might be able to use that. Yeah. Rusty's making I'm, motions like a flight stick. Right. But you, if as long as you're really good at aiming with a flight stick. I'm I'm decent with a flight stick. I mean. it, But just, it, it could scratch that itch. But yeah, it, it does a really good job with the flight mechanics. Um, and the simulation of you moving through zero, zero G is done extremely well. Uh, you click both buttons to full brake, but you don't always full brake. It's not like you stop on a dime. You kind of skid to a stop, basically, right? Right. It's the preservation count- of inertia. Right. So it does that extremely well. Um, and I, that's part of the fun is like getting, like figuring out which things you need to do to decompress inside of a ship. Or you can just go be a crazy person and just cut open a hole and just let everything blow out into space and then start salvaging it that way. Which is some things that I've done on the shorter times challenges. Right. You do have a time limit because of the air supply and you can go resupply your air in a little fucking like 
work shack that's you know you, that's in the area. But you can find oxygen bottles a lot of times in ships too, as well as fuel bottles. And then you have a fifteen minute timer on the mission after you get past the tutorials. Right. So there's that. You can go back and work on the ship another day too. You just you get to a point where it may make more sense because you got to pay back your debt. You got to pay five hundred thousand dollars every single day on your debt, and you need to make more than five hundred thousand dollars that day in your work in order to stay on top of your debt. Yikes! So I usually get out of my halls with about ten million. That's pretty crazy. Now, I mean, if you can, and from what I remember from prologue. Uh, different components go into different spots in the arena. So there's like yeah. a net at the bottom for like some, you know, some normal junk. Like, and then there's like titanium and then there's like aluminum. And then there's a couple there, pluses that grind shit up. And Yeah, there's these, there's a big furnace, which any of your scrap metal basically goes into that. And then any of your more refined metals, like a titanium or something like that is going to go in the blue furnace. And then all of your components are going to go in the barge in the bottom, which you just shoot stuff down there like chairs and computers and navigation systems and batteries and fuel tanks and all sorts of stuff. Right. But there's all this this whole process of you connecting like tethers to things and watching the ship just kind of get pulled apart, which is strangely satisfying. Yes. Um, it's a really cool game. It runs. They've optimized the fuck out of it. Like I'm running 4K Max. I'm, I've got a beast of a machine. Yes. But I run it on. There are still things that I notice where there is some lack of FPS, and this is running perfectly. So I think 1080 max settings, this runs on everything. Well, good. I that's, mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, like, for everybody that has a machine that was built in the last five years, 1080 max settings is probably going to work for everybody. And then just work your way up on the resolution from there to see what your card will support. But it looks good, too. It's a... Uh, they do. There's no real. There's an opportunity for ray tracing here because I think it would look baller as hell with the lasers and everything. Oh yeah. But there's no ray tracing, sadly enough. Well, I mean, it it is an indie uh, indie game, you know, so you can't really expect that to be uh, uh, a number one priority for them. They want to get a game that works. And from what I played from Prologue, and this has been a minute, you know, um, it was enjoyable, but it it was less enjoyable for me because I wasn't using a controller at the time. Um, I've since have upgraded my, you know, controller setup and, uh, and, and things. So, and then once I get everything set up, oh, you know, oh, it's going to be great, but <clears throat> I, uh, it's, it's on the list. That's for sure. And, you know, considering it's generally, you know, mostly an offline game, I'm going to have to load up a lot of fucking games onto my machine. So well, you'll have to authenticate your, yeah, no, it's fine. As long as I'm not downloading, like you know, fucking gigs of game, uh, that's fine. Authenticating everything, you know, the, the internet's basically like, <sighs> like 10 down. Maybe if I'm lucky, I think if you and you and cam aren't doing something at the same I time, I mean, at the moment, cam's not out. You know, my buddy cam is, is not able to stream because there isn't enough, you know, down and up. Um, but if, of course, that's all going to change when we get fiber. But the um, you know, in, in the meantime, I'm not going to be able to be downloading 50 gig games every fucking night. You know, it's going to take all fucking night for that to download. Uh, but if it's something that I can just download from Game Pass, which you said it was on Game Pass, log into Game Pass, and it just authenticates, 
That's not going to well, take anything. You know what else is me. on Game Pass? What's that? Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors is on there too. Holy shit! Yep. Okay, and that's a really late game too. Like that's I mean, runs on a potato. It runs well. It's said to run on a potato, but as soon as you th- like throw three hundred million fucking things going on on the screen, it's it tends CP- to slow down. It's a little CPU intensive. Yeah, but it's it's on Game Pass as well. Nice. I've been wanting to play that, so that's you know that is definitely a game that I'll be you know loading up as well. Um, but talking about games I played, I don't, I don't hope I'm not skipping over, but I know you haven't really played much, right? Um, uh, well, I have. You know, before I uh, before I left, I was. Uh, Did you uh, beat Rogue Legacy two? I was playing through Rogue Legacy two, and I've gotten about mm, want to say about three quarters of the way through it, which is actually you know was really good considering I'd only played it for about a week. Um, uh, it's not easy. Uh, I would say that it is a bit harder than the original Rogue Legacy because of, well, things. Uh, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more variables to Rogue Legacy. So there's like a lot more mechanics of movement in that game too, <laughs> like the da- air dash and everything else. And there's the downward strike, and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of got that shovel knight, uh, um, uh, hollow knight style uh, downward strike where you can kind of bounce up off of things. Uh, and, uh, there's certain kinds of enemies that can only be damaged by certain kinds of attacks. Uh, and there's, um, you know, different magical abilities that, uh, than you do. And of course the whole rogue, you know, rogue light style of the game means that every hero that you are playing through is going to kind of, uh, be unique in some way. Uh, whether that is the fact that they have blue skin or if they are uh, my personal fucking bane of my existence is vertigo, which is playing the fucking, you know, level upside down. Um, <clears throat> there's, a uh, there's, there's quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of difference in each one of the, uh, the characters, like my very, uh, my favorite character, uh, type or, class type is the chef of all things the chef i am hitting things with a frying pan and that frying pan sets things on fire which does damage over time and it has the ability to reflect projectiles back if i hit him with uh, hit the projectiles with the pan um and turns them into fireballs that do damage to enemies uh it's kind of like a a low health but has a, a a high damage limit and it can heal itself. Uh, so if you find, you know, food on the ground, uh, that will add like a soup point, which you can use to, you know, give yourself a small heal and a little bit of mana back, uh, as it's uh, special ability. So it has healing. It has damage over time. Uh, it's kind of chunky as far as its hits are concerned. Um, and it reflects projectiles. It's a it's a really good class. Um, there's 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 quite a bit of uh, uh, of difference in there. There's a lot of a lot of different kinds of secrets uh, in this you know in Rogue Legacy two, uh, and you do have to kind of pay attention a little bit more uh, to be able to find um, like a buff that will give you 
uh, insight onto the boss so that you'll get uh, extra damage on the boss uh, at the end. But it seems like it goes through faster, but it requires more platforming expertise. Like it, it requires more, um, more control on the platforming, and it's pretty tight. Like it's you know it's it's a it's a very tight you know uh, platforming game. You don't feel like you've been gypped out of a hit or anything like that because the uh, the hit boxes are you know pretty you know pretty spot on. So it's. <clears throat> It's a good game. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up finishing it. I think I've only got like one, two, think two bosses left, um, out of seven, and I'm not sure if you know the last boss in the first game had two different stages or at least two different stages that I remember. Uh, so I'm assuming that this boss is you know the the final boss is going to be at least like three different stages. Um. It's been a very interesting play. Um, if if you liked the original Rogue Legacy uh, or like platformers, um, this is this is a pretty uh, pretty quality game. It is it is a roguelike, and it's right in the name. So know that you're going to be running over and over again, um, and there's going to be some shit runs, but uh, there's also good money runs that you can do too. Because uh, some of the uh, the detrimental traits that you can get um, aren't super bad, but allow you to get extra gold once you have certain perks. So you can uh, you can get a lot of you know a lot of gold on a good run. It's a fun game. I agree. I need to get back to it, but my ADD's been in full phone. I've had a lot of things going on on the side, not nearly as crazy as Rusty, but just a lot of additional chaos that's been <coughs> mostly work-related. I'll talk about it offline. But right. um, something else that I played that I am going to talk about a little bit is uh, Core Keeper. So there's one more game coming out soon called Dwarf. That's another pixel perfect game coming out next week that I'm going to be taking a look at. But right. Um, Core Keeper is kind of like a Terraria style game. That's what I thought it was. It's, but it's what it looked like. It's isometric, um, mining game. Not mining downwards, You're mining side to side. And it's a random generated map and there's different biomes that you mine into. You use those materials to upgrade yourself and then you fight bosses to get core components to unlock weapons and unlock the next level of bosses essentially um it's an early access they have several bosses so far and it seems pretty feature complete right now um but core keeper is a, it's a pick and shovel game um, it's a it's a pick and shovel but game. A, but a little bit more focused on combat um you have a the meters you have is you have a health a health bar and a food bar and Essentially, you just focus on getting to the next tier of technology and building a base and then farming. So there's a little bit of Stardew Valley involved with it as well, but you're not selling that stuff. Use the farm materials for like bombs and potions and things like that, as well as food buffs. It's like I got a food buff that makes me glow, which helps with the dark. It's got real-time lighting effects, which is kind of cool in a pixel art game. So like the water is reflective. Um a pretty good pixel art game art wise and then gameplay wise it's fairly simple there's not any kind of real complex mechanics with the uh 
with the uh, combat, but suffice to say the boss fights are pretty interesting. Um, they heal up once you get out of their area pretty quickly. So I'm, right now I'm fighting a giant sandworm thing, and I've think I'm going to lay a bunch of traps because it travels in a huge circle all around the map. And I think I'm going to lay a trap for when it goes down. It's got, like, cut a whole hole down the middle of the map. And I'm going to uh, lay a bunch of traps. And so the next time I play that, that's kind of my goal is to beat that big sandworm boss. Um, the art on the bosses is really pretty pretty epic. So um, Core Keeper is pretty freaking cool. I think it comes out later this year, full release. But the this is one of the early access games that is really feature complete. Right. Very playable and very much replayable you can take your characters from world to world so if i wanted to i could level up this character and then there's a whole tech tree too um that you or a whole skill tree that you level up um with different paths and things like that that's on top of this right so i've got like dodge chance is one of my things i've got i can craft stuff and have a chance to like craft 25 percent chance to craft additional items essentially um but yeah it's a it's a pick and shovel game um, pick and shovel again. Um, I've been playing the big pick and shovel game right now. What's that? V Rising. V Rising. It's the Vampire Valheim is what they're calling it. That's not really what it is, though. Um, so I'm going to actually explain what the hell this is. Okay. Because initially I fell off it really fucking hard initially because I didn't understand a lot of the stuff. It does a lot of different things. It's essentially an isometric RPG um, with a whole bunch of crafting components to it. And so you're a vampire, you wake up, and uh, you go off into this really large map. It is very feature complete, which I think is why a lot of people are playing it right now, even though it's early access. Um, I don't know what the story is yet, but this is one of those games that has a lot of replayability. Now, the map itself is not random. It's a static map. You, everybody gets the same map. But you go and you beat up trees and rocks and things like that to get resources, but your weapon types harvest resources differently. So you don't have separate... I don't have a pickaxe, I have a hammer. And that hammer um, has different stats for it and is better for certain enemy types. But it's also really good for gathering rocks. My axes are also a weapon, but also are very good at gathering trees. My sword is also a weapon, but is also very good at harvesting fiber. Um, my spear is a weapon, but is also really good at harvesting animals. Gotcha. So that's how that works. But you essentially go, go find a place to build your castle. So you go to go build your castle and then you end up harvesting resources off creatures and people and chests and things like that for the different things you need to craft. Um, and there's different spawn points for different things. So like right now I'm by a copper mine. I need the copper for better upgrades to my weapons. Um, I need the copper um, for different things in my base. Um, and then I've got different loot drops that I get. So, like, I've got a named set, like, tier set boots that I got from finding paper. So I found 50 paper. I hit discover on my research bench, and it discovered a named pair of boots, which have stats on them. Sweet. And then I figured out what materials I needed, then crafted that to get my boots. You have this altar that finds enemies within the world and it has this like blood trail that shows up and that's how you track it down. And that enemy unlocks a different building type for your fort, basically, that you're building. Um, 
and then also unlocks like a different part of the technology technology tree and gives you an additional power. The different weapon tiers have different moveset types as well. So like they have additional effects um, on those weapons, right? Like I got spinny axes right now, which is one of the things. I can also use the spinny axes for harvesting. There's no mana. There's just cooldowns on things. So you don't have to manage mana or stamina with this game. What you do have to manage, which is kind of weird, and some people complaining about it, I actually kind of like it, is sunlight. So vampires don't do well in sunlight, as we all know. Right. Um, it starts to sizzle and then burn, and then you start losing health at a very rapid pace until you get into the dark. And you can stand under the, under the shade of a tree to get out of that. You can also create a item in your base that creates like a, a cloud of darkness, essentially, so that you don't, while you're in base, you don't have to worry about it. Or you can set them all around the perimeter and it's driven by bones, I guess. Okay. But uh, but anyways. Bone gas. Yeah, it's bone gas. But it, <laughs> the way that the combat plays out is like kind of like an action RPG in the style of like a Diablo or something like that. That's what it looks like. I've, I've been watching some videos while you're talking about it. It's very much combat heavy <clears throat> while you're resource gathering. And so you kind of split yourself into phases. Like, what am I doing right now? Well... You can highlight the map, and it'll tell you what kind of materials are in that little area. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be like, okay, I need to do some more research. And I was like, where's paper? I was like, oh, here's some places that say that it drops paper drops, right? The paper drops from the people, and it drops from the different chests or the different items that I break. Um, and that's how I'm farming paper. Um, copper. Well, there's a mine in this one spot. I'm by a copper mine, so I just go down into the mine and mine copper. And then there happened to be a boss at the bottom of the mine that I ended up fighting that called in reinforcements. It had like phases and all sorts of stuff, which is pretty neat. I think there's almost 30 bosses in the game right now. Damn. Which is, that's why I say it's pretty feature complete. And then the, my base right now is a series of walls that block out enemies, but don't do much else. I'm working on actually building a castle, which requires a shitload of resources. It's a very grindy game, um, but it's a very. Uh, satisfying grinding game. I just bounced off it because I didn't understand a lot of things it doesn't tell you about, right? Like, highlighting the map to see where materials are, and then I was like, where should I put my base? So I watched a video on where somebody put their base and said, oh, this early game, this is a good spot to put it because you're in between all these different resources and it'd be a good spot. So I did research that, right? And then I watched somebody's like, okay, you're going to be attacking rocks a lot, so I set my primary attack to both left-click and caps lock. So I can hold down the caps lock button while I'm attacking something, and then my finger doesn't get tired. Um, there you go. So that was something that I picked up on. It also rotates really slow. So basically anywhere your mouse cursor is is where you're facing for your attack, whether it be for resources or for creatures or whatever. So um, you can basically stand in one spot and just sweep your mouse cursor in a big circle and then attack a bunch of things. Um, but... Yeah, there's all sorts of, like, additional powers that, like, I've got a uh, frost power right now. I've got this one that shoots out, like, weird rainbow magic in all directions. It's called Chaos something or other. I can't remember. some kind of ground slam. But I've got, like, wolf form. Oh, here's something else. You get buffs based on the types of creatures you drink blood from. So your character gets more frail the less blood he has. But you get bonuses based on what you drink blood from. And this is something I didn't get at first. So you'll look at the quality of the beast that you're fighting or character, and I have a percentage next to it. If it's like 2%, you're going to get almost no buff from it. So like 50%, you're going to get a much better buff from it. So there's this whole mechanic of balancing when I should feed and when I shouldn't feed. 
And so you can feed and insta-kill something once they're at, like, basically it's like an execute attack once they're at, like, 20% health. Right. Or I can feed, which means I'm going to be locked into that animation for about two seconds. But if I do that, I'm going to gain the traits that that blood type has. So I was fighting a rogue. I got crit chance and movement speed and a bunch of other stuff because he was a high-quality rogue, essentially. And he had high-quality blood. I did the same thing with a um, with a big wolf, and then I got like better run speed and sun resistance from the quality of the blood. <laughs> the vampire got me. It would be a high quality cheeseburger. <laughs> that cheeseburger body, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's some of the random mechanics I've discovered playing V Rising. It's a very grindy game. Um, it's a pretty fun grindy game. If scratches the, it doesn't scratch the Valheim itch in the way that you have a very customized building palette because you're very much placing pre prefab stuff. Right, but it still has a little bit of that Valheim feel to it. Um, the the fact that when I played Valheim, of course, it was like really early in the in the early access, and that game doesn't hold your hand either. Um, so. You kind of had to figure it's, shit out uh, on your own. It's a little faster paced than Valheim. Yeah, the way that it looks is it does look uh, does look faster paced. It looks beautiful, like the uh, uh, the different lighting effects and the areas that you're going, you know, that you're going into is 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 pretty good. Um, it I, does. It it seems like it's extremely well optimized, which is a good thing on an indie game, right? Right. Well, I'm I put it on my wish list. There's, you know, like I said, how I'm much, collecting fucking games right now. So how much is it right now? It's 19.99 at the moment. So they've got they've got a cash grab version of that that's like 50 bucks. Right. Oh yeah. Supporters edition. I 19.99 is fine. Get that. It's already sold half a million copies. So these guys are doing gangbusters. They're good. Right. Um. I'm going to talk about one last one that I'll expand more on later. Um, there's this little game called Keplerth. Ke- Keplerth. Yeah, and it looks like they borrowed the uh, they borrowed the RimWorld engine. Um, I, I had a lot of curiosity about this game, and I was looking at it, and I was looking for different types of games. Essentially, kind of like a RimWorld RPG. Not that. It's not an RPG, but it is. So this is way different, though. The only thing similar similarities is that you can build a colony, but you're actively controlling a single character. Okay. And you've got a whole skill tree. Um, you've got a whole story going on. You've got a... Uh, you create things like, I've got a crafting bench and a furnace, and I've got to eat and all that other stuff to survive, and I basically built a little bitty like hole to hide in right now. Um, and right now I'm, it's got a whole like currency system and like colony mechanics and a lot of other things. I've only put about an hour into it. I basically just got started, but it's got this weird, but the character type archetype I picked was a troll. No, an orc. It was an orc. Okay. So, but there's orcs, half elves, full elves, humans, um, barbarian, I guess is a race. Um, I mean, okay. And there's something, and there's something else, but I'll let you guys know how I feel about it. It's got a very positive reviews. That apparently it sold gangbusters as well, but it's not a, it's not really Rim World. It just looks like they borrowed some assets from Rim World or used a similar engine. Um, when it comes to the landscape, like some of it looks like it's directly grabbed from Rim World. I thought, oh, it's a Rim World clone. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, 
I've already put, you know, half a thousand hours into regular RimWorld. Right. I mean, well, I'll just give it a shot. And it wasn't that expensive. I think it was like 12 bucks, so I just like fucking snagged it. Oh, Mummy's another class. That's right. Mummies, huh? Okay. Um, I'll let you guys know how it plays, but essentially it's like a single-player RimWorld art-style Terraria RPG. I say Terraria very loosely, but it looks like I'm discovering technologies, and it's set in some kind of, like, space frontier thing. And the combat looks pretty chaotic some, you know, in some places. Yeah. So that'll be interesting and something else I'm kind of going to be dicking around with. It's uh seems like a cool game so far. Yeah. You've uh, been into the pick and axe games, huh? Uh, uh yeah, there's a whole lot of a whole lot of grindy stuff to listen to a podcast and not have a story to focus on kind of thing. Right. Um which is really good for me right now. I like I'm almost overwhelmed with the shipwrecker thing right now a story. I I need no story right now. I need to just focus on creating goals for myself and completing them. Which is exactly what all of these things let me do. Create goals and complete them. So, I mean, outside of the handful of, of, of games that you just, you know, recommended to me here, I'm, uh, you know, obviously going to be on a budget, uh, you know, going, you know, going forward until things uh, settle down. But um, there's, there's that. There's, uh, you know, a couple of the games that I planned on, you know, downloading and playing over the, uh, over the course of the next few weeks is, uh, um, I'm going to download that stranding again, uh, because I don't know, I just, I need a little bit of that in my life. I think just having something as cathartic as, uh, as death stranding is, you know, just you versus like the environment, um, would be kind of nice. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, uh, downloading and, you know, getting into is there's been a lot of. Uh, different updates that was that's been made to uh, No Man's Sky uh, since I've last played, and I think for the third or fourth fucking time, I think I'm going to go back to playing that because um, there's there's been quite a bit, you know, even just recently uh, that's you know, that's been added to that game, uh, and um, I'm just gonna I, I think I'm going to play it this time instead of adventure mode. I'm just going to play in creative. And, you know, just go, go ham with it. Um, because part of, you know, most of that game for me is exploring, uh, and, you know, finding shit, not necessarily, you know, having to deal with fucking resources and all that, you know, all that jazz. So, well, when you get home, download uh, V Rising. I just sent it to you. Okay. Wait, V Rising what? Yeah. So that's not no longer a part of your budget. Oh my God. This guy. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll download that and, uh, <laughs> God damn. All right. I've got game. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, do we want to take, take, take a uh, quick break? Let's do that. <laughs> All right, man. We'll Sounds good. All right. We'll be back. back yeah so nice little break there had some things planned out yeah just needed to get some things out air some things out talk a little bit or you guys don't know this our breaks are usually like half an hour long yeah well i mean 
It's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Um, I was going to say, um, just to let everybody know, aside from all the uh, randomness that has happened this week, um, I did finally upgrade from the uh, PSU that I had before that was a practical fire hazard. Yeah. Um, Th- to a Corsair. Thanks to uh, Games or, Gamers Nexus for pointing out the fact that it is a fire hazard. Uh, I'm surprised it didn't blow up on you. Um, but you did upgrade to, what was it, a 1,000 watt? 1,000 watt Corsair. 1,000 watt Corsair. Yeah, modular <laughs> supply. That's it, it's a trusted brand. I I liked Corsair. Uh, the the Corsair uh, power supplies are, uh, are pretty good. I've got a Seasonic myself. Uh, also a thousand watt. I think, I think that's, you know, that's great for, uh, you know, especially for the cards and the amount of fans that you've got. Um, yeah, I, uh, so I also got a new case. So I got the <laughs> Liam Lee Evo. I didn't know whether or not you said anything about the, yeah, so okay. um, right. I ordered it a while back. Um, it was an adventure assembling that there has a couple of, so that's a very modular case. Yes, it is. Um, I love the Lee and Lee cases. Dworkin, they're great. It uh, There's a lot of options, and I did not know the English translation on there is very uh, spotty, and it doesn't really explain a lot, so I watched videos. That's exactly what I would have expected. Um, to try to figure out how to assemble it. Yep. Because I looked at the directions, it's like, okay, well. Directions are not that great. No. Nope. <laughs> and I need to do this reverse mode so that I can put it on put it facing a certain way on my desk. He's got his fucking video card above his CPU, which is which is fine for his setup because of how it is. It's basically he's got it built upside down in the case and instead of having the case pointing backwards, he's got it facing, you know, facing out so you can see all his components but his 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 his, uh, his motherboard's upside down and it only it only triggers me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because I also have a huge Noctua curler. I have an air cooled machine. Yeah, and I have a big old Noctua um, radiator on there. The only problem I see at all with that setup is the fact that your hot air from your CPU is going right into your GPU, as far as like heat rising and stuff. But outside of that, I mean, you've got that big. It's. I mean, there's a there's a lot. I have. There's Three, a- six, nine, ten fans in there. Yes. <laughs> um, and it is all blowing out the back. So everything blows in and, and it, it all exhausts out the back. And there is a mighty wind coming out of the back of that. Okay. So, so- And I did a lot of research, Rusty, okay. just to ease your conscience the- on all the different ways that you can cool reverse mode. Okay. And this has been proven by two different people. The best way to do was intake on everything except for the back. So the the back facing fans, the Lee and Lee cases are are um, are interesting because they're basically fishbowls on two sides, uh, big panes of glass on you know on the side and on the front, um, and then there's in his case there's three fans on the bottom, three fans on the top, one fan on the one side which is the I/O side, uh, and then three fans that are blowing basically straight back from the uh, uh, from the case. Yeah, so on the side, there's three fans vertically, and those are all blowing in. So that's my intake. Well, there's three intakes. Intakes on the side, the top, and the bottom. And, of course, now it's on a raised surface, so it's not hopefully going to get as much dust. Okay. And then on the back, it's got the exhaust fan. One fan. One, but it's an an open grill. 
So with all that positive pressure coming in, it's just a wall of air behind that blowing out. Right. That that's that's fine. (laughs) The open grill is fine, Uh, and that fan is is working overtime, pushing as much air as uh, as it can out of there. You're going to have more pressure inside that case than the fans are. I'm I'm just worried that you've got too much positive pressure in there and that it's either uh it's it's not the fans aren't working at full uh, uh at full capacity. That's the only problem I would have with that. Somebody nerdier than you? Yes. Um, is who I got the idea from. Okay, somebody that runs the numbers perfectly fine. Okay, whatever. There's a five-degree temperature difference by doing that versus doing one of those sets as an outtake. Right. Well, the, the way that I would have done it is probably very similar. The um, only other way I could do it is you can get a vertical bracket for the for the video card. Right which means that I permanently have to have stuff plugged into it. It would be a pain in the ass to open it up and replug stuff in. Right. And I do like having the ability to plug in my VR and unplug my VR. Um, So I just, and I sometimes switch out things in the video ports. So I absolutely didn't want to do that. And also that bracket's like 50 bucks. Well, it makes one thing. And then you got to get the fucking expensive ass cord for that. Well, the way that you have it set up right now, makes total sense because all of your intakes have filters and that is, you know, and that is going to be massively key. And I'm probably going to do something very similar because, uh, while you got the UDK, uh, the, the Lee and Lee case, I ended up getting the uni fans. I haven't installed them yet. Um, but I had, uh, uh, I, I was looking at airflow diagrams for uh, for mine, and mine's only just a little bit bigger than yours, and that's a big case. Like, did you get the full ATX? I got the I got the XL version of the the Lee and Lee. Uh, yeah, mine O eleven dynamic. Yeah, I think that one was going for two twenty nine, and I didn't think I needed it that big. I didn't need it that big either. I could probably fucking like you know put two computers in that motherfucker, but uh, oh. Yeah, maybe. So I will tell you that uh, I used uh, Jay's two cents to help research some things on fans because I did not want to spend an additional $300 on fans. I know. I did. And um. uh, <laughs> I came up with one of his Amazon finds, finds called Up Here yeah. Fans, which are a cheap Amazon fan for $36. I was able to get a six-pack with an RGB controller, and they're 1,100 RPM. I and mean, they're not real loud. They work fine. If they go out, they were $36. Right. That's that's the key. They're the they're price of like two Corsair fans. Yeah, they're they're easily replaceable. So And I have I have extras. It's just the pain in the ass of having to replace a fan later on. They're um, not that much of a pain in the ass. Honestly, yeah. it would be four screws, disconnect one wire, reroute the wire through. Put another one in, and I've got two extra sad two packs. So there you go. All right. Well, I I'm gonna I'm going to be. There's a lot of fucking cables there, though. I mean, each one each of those is an individual fucking cable with R uh, with an RGB lead also on it, right? No, you it's singular cable. 
It's one cable. It's and they're all white cables too, so you can't see the cables. Yeah, and you you ended up getting the white case. I so, I got the silver case. And so I have all mine running behind stuff or in a way where you're, like you can look at it like it's the cables are not obvious. Right. At all. I spent a lot of time like true to rusty fashion. I I spent two hours routing my cables on that. Uh, I spent about as much, if not a little bit more, routing my fucking cables. I spent about two hours figuring out the diagram on that goddamn case. (laughs) How to run the fucking cables. Trying to figure out where do you mount an S. The SSD mounts to a fucking bracket that holds cables in. Like, and that's one way. And and there's like. Bar, right? The the bar that holds the cables in also holds SSDs. Yep. Um, And then the. uh, Trying to remount the the hard drive. I shouldn't have never disassembled that. Because it's a bitch to try to reattach because the crew screws are so fucking small and it floats. So my PSU floats on top of my hard drive cage, the right. actual hard drive cage. So it's going to have to do two bays on the back, right? Yeah, for regular hard drives, which I have big two terabyte storage drives. Right. But I have a my PSU floating on a little block thing that's on that and then it sits up behind everything. It's a really weird design, but I mean, it's not in a dusty area. It's up high, so I actually kind of like that. And I had the fan pointed out on that. Right, right. So that fan doesn't even blow into the case at all. Right. And that's good, because you don't need that hot air coming in there. Um, but, anywho, I want to stop talking about fans and cases, but Leon <laughs> Lee Evo is, I know it's the one that everybody is, it's, it's popular for a reason. It's a cool case. And it it's got pretty damn good thermals on it. I'm sure there's a few out there that can get a little bit better. Me and Jason were looking at some. Um, I think there was a Corsair and a Thermaltake case that we were looking at that had a little bit better thermals that were like a 170, I think, was the price in the case. But Yeah, but, I mean, you can't, uh, if you want to show off the stuff that you've got, and, I mean, having a weight card, getting a weight case, it looks good. Yeah, I almost got... <clears throat> white motherboard cables as well when i was like you know what i don't want to spend 35 more dollars today you can always add those later dude i mean you don't have to get them right now uh but a good set of of uh of those cables i mean i put them in i put blacks in mine um just because that was what was available uh and i didn't want to wait for the uh the custom uh, custom corded ones i have those Okay, I'm with the last rant. So, on the 30 series cards, they require the 8-pin cables, and you need two 12-volt rails running into it. Yeah. And the default ones that come with the PSU are the 6 plus 2s. Mm-hmm. And I fucking hate the 6 plus 2s. They look so ugly. That's why, that is the exact reason why I got custom cables, because you can get the 8-pin straights. And I then had you some can 8-pin hide that straights, six- but I did not want to mix and match those. Right, well. Because that's a bad idea. Well. Yeah, 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 true. Um, but the that that is the reason why I ended up with the uh, uh, with those cables because the uh, the uh, just the video card alone required a, you know its own fucking like you know it's literally two twelve volt rails. Yeah, it, it requires its own Hoover fucking dam to run. So uh, so I wanted to make sure that those cables, being that they were going to be like front and center, those are the cables you're going to see the most. I wanted those to look good, and that's the why. It, that's the whole reason why I ended up picking up two packs of. Uh, yeah, that's like sixty dollars worth of cables, isn't it? Well, I, I've, I, I forget. It's something horse is what I ended up buying the fucking you know the the cables. It was 
it's a a Chinese off brand of the fucking like the mod cables. Um, but they were worth what I you know what I spent on them, uh, and I could always upgrade them later. That was the whole point was that they were able to be changed out, uh, and I wanted to change them out when I got once I had a color scheme set up. I just wanted the goddamn thing to run. <laughs> it well, runs. In other news, um, I wanted to just kind of like throw some things out there. Um, there's a hint that Returnal could be coming to PC. I saw that. Um, I still can't get past the first boss. So for those of you that like to, the, the real sadists out there, the real people that are like experts, twin stick shooters. Mm. Cool. Um, Dude, that game is difficult. I may finally give up on that. Uh, but there's always eBay. I've been eBay and all sorts of shit. Well, you've got, you've, you've got it back. So yeah. <laughs> um, Jedi fall on order. Um, has leaked out as well. So there's a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order coming out. Um, and it's going to be coming out next year. There was a teaser trailer that released. Jedi Survivor is what it was yeah, called. Jedi yeah. Survivor sometime in 2023. So um, the first one, you know, I think the weird butterface dude they got that to play Cam <laughs> was uh, likable. I thought he just, he was like super generic sci-fi dude at first, but then they grew a personality on him. He turned out to be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he was like weird generic sci-fi dude at first. And then that game ended up being exceptionally good. It's one of the best Jedi or the, one of the best Star Wars, Star Wars games I've played in a very long time. I got to play that game again. I just realized I did not finish it. Worth it. Because uh, I was playing it on my Xbox and it's the game that killed my Xbox. There you go. There's a game. <laughs> you so. see if it's on the Epic sale. Um, I'll 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 look and see. That should be it's on should... Game Pass. Is it's it on, on... It's on Game Pass? Fuck yeah! All there right. you go. All right, there. Download that. All right then. Sold. Um, <laughs> speaking of souls, um, <laughs> souls, Dark Souls. From Software is working on the uh, Dark Souls servers right now. Oh, the ones that they took down because you know, they were worried about people hacking other people through the fucking game. Yeah, it would be worth it to <laughs> Rusty if you wanted to get into that. Mm-hmm. Get three, get Dark Souls three. One hasn't aged very well. Well, not without a lot of mods. I mean, I I, I can understand that Dark Souls three. I think I can probably get into. It still looks good. It's still it's not quite as pretty, but you can you could mod it a little bit. But honestly, that's vanilla setting. It looks pretty good. Yeah, you could still play it offline. But uh, until they get the servers up, but three would be a good Elden Ring itch if you were looking to scratch that. There's no jump. Just going to say that. No jump. It is kind of, it's sort of open-ish world, but not nearly as much open world. It is as close to Elden Ring as you can get without playing Elden Ring. Well, I mean, I don't think I need to have another Elden Ring experience. You could play Bloodborne if you wanted, but that's a much harder game. I would start with three, and if you wanted my copy of Bloodborne, I have it on my, permanently, as part of my PlayStation um, account. Okay. So, you you can have that if you want to. Okay. Sweet. Um, Let's see... Jason, uh, I'm running out of stuff. What you got? I only got one thing. I really haven't found anything different than you did so far. Okay, well, I'm going to go with... We're kind of news light right now. We are, and 
So there is something that came out recently is uh, Dragon's Dogma started updating their socials again. Ooh. And uh, Dragon's Dogma was kind of like Souls Before Souls. Um, that's a pretty fun game, too. It is grindy as fuck, Rusty, if you wanted a almost an, a third-person ARPG. That's kind of what that is. Um, it's super grindy. It's pretty fun. The combat's really fun. Um, but it, it, it is kind of dated in the way that it looks. Yeah, I was looking at it. There was It was on the radar for things to try uh, in... You know, in Get, some of my downtime, but I was looking at it and I'm like, man, you know, I'm I'm okay, I think. Um, and I caught, uh, and I sort of in the in the process of doing my research on it, I kind of spoiled myself on the game. So it's that kind of sucks, especially with an RPG like that. You kind of want to uh, experience it all. So I still remember how the ending goes, and if you know, I'm not going to be able to play that game. Well, <laughs> you can because the whole <laughs> last half of that game as part of Dark Arisen is essentially like a kind of like a roguelike dungeon experience. Okay. So it plays differently kind of every time you go into it, if I remember correctly. I put a pretty decent amount of time into that. I played it a lot on 360 and then bought it again on... Um, PC, so I have a copy of it on PC. The Dark Arisen version, I think, is the only version you can get on PC. And it's the expansion with everything on it. But it... It is not as populated open world as something like an Elden Ring. It is... Right. I mean, you're not going to be able to, you know, compare a game that... But it's kind of like a Monster ago. Hunter game, too, because you're going and searching these big creatures to fight that are multi-stage fights. To be honest, Monster Hunter's coming out with a fucking expansion to uh, to Rise and like two weeks, right? Yeah, and that's not coming out too far along here. So, uh, and did I, you finish Rise? I mean, kind of. Um, I got super far, and for whatever reason, I fell off the wagon, and I I need to finish that this year. So I didn't finish. Uh, I didn't fight the last last boss. Uh, uh, and some of the, you know, you know how Monster Hunter games work. Sometimes they just throw a bunch of fucking monsters at you as, you know, as part of like the challenges and whatnot. Uh, and the, I know there's one that's basically like <laughs> Radon. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So there's, you know, it has that same attack where it goes up into the fucking sky and comes down as a fucking meteor. Um, I have not beat that boss. And I think that's like the last challenge boss that you end up playing in that, you know, in the base game. So, um, so I've done most of the game uh, and I, I just set it aside and said, you know, I'll, I'll come I'll, I'll come back when it comes, uh, when Sunbreak comes out. Um, I like, I love my monster hunter games, uh, heavy bowgun for life. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so there's, you know, there's that. Uh, that's coming out. Um, I really haven't. I don't. I don't really see much more. Um, you know, to to be honest, I, I did hear something about uh, the the very first gamer union coming out of uh, 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 you know forming under Activision Blizzard. Go figure. Uh, I haven't really read up on it, but I thought that was uh, that was interesting. It was under Raven Software. Uh, and it's just the QA workers, I guess. Um, but 
you, uh, you, the fucking gamer, uh, uh, game developers are unionizing, guys. Uh, oh boy, here we go. <clears throat> I'm gonna have teamsters. There's gonna be an all, a whole nother, people will be sleeping with the fishes with fucking game uh, game developers. Here we go. But it's uh, probably be, uh, better off. Uh, uh, you know, maybe better representation. That'd be great. Um, outside of that, though, I don't know, man. I got one more that you could try that I just barely scratched the surface of. It's going to sound like the most non-me game ever, but there is a... Think of it as a Stardew Valley set in the Hogwarts universe. Wait, what? Called Little Witch in the Woods. Little you're, Little Witch in the Woods. Yeah, it's kind of like Stardew Valley. Like, but no. you're a witch and you craft potions. And, and do, it's, a, it's a sim. Do I have to interact with people? Yeah, you do. Shit. <laughs> but it is on Game Pass. Uh, little li- little witch, not Little Caesars, witch in the woods. There we go. Yeah, I just started that as well. See, like I said, I had so many life things going on that my this was literally just ADD brain going on, firing Ooh. on all cylinders this week. Okay, um, I will, I will, I will look at it, but I can't guarantee that that's going to be something that I'm going to be interested in right away. <laughs> give it a uh, forty-five minutes to get into your little hovel, your little hovel. Okay. Uh, get past all the story beats, and then it becomes a little lot more, a lot more open-ended. Sweet. Mm. What was the thing I was thinking of? Fuck. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Jason, do you have anything else? Nope. Still haven't really found anything different. I just. The dragon's dogma, I didn't know how really important that was yet, so. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up. Well, no, and that's the thing. Like, the fact that they updated their picture and started putting things on there, even though it's the 10th anniversary, could mean that maybe they are finally working towards it, too. But Or could just be because of the 10th anniversary. (laughs) I posted in our private group that it might be, like, a two and then, like, Maybe half a day later, there's a bunch of news outlets saying maybe there's a two. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's a possibility. Honestly, I just want to see. Uh, I just want to get my hands on a fully completed, uh, you know, you know, the fully completed Baldur's Gate. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's be, not going to be till like this time next year, probably. I, I, I mean, I'm going to take it one fucking game at a time. Uh, and at at this point, uh, I'm not asking for anything much more in the in the way of RPGs. Uh, so I want some I want some good action games, and I want some good exploration games. And I think that you know that um, I think there's some definite uh, some definite good you know good shit coming out. I did hear about Scorn. Find uh, Scorn. You know that game that's been like teased around and talked about for fucking like what. Uh, eight years. Um, yeah, you it's, know it's it, it's starting to reach star citizen status. It's 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 starting to uh, they they keep saying something you know keep saying more and more about it. But Scorn is eventually going to come out, uh, and they have basically said this year. Uh, so let's see. I mean, at the beginning uh, at you know, at the end of last year when we were talking about you know, games that were going to come, you know, uh, or the game, what the game uh, landscape was going to look like in 2022. Um, you just, 
look at all the stuff that had been delayed to 2022. I mean, we're, you know, almost halfway through the fucking year and we're coming up. There's going to be another month or two of dry, but the last half of this year where a lot of the games haven't necessarily been confirmed has been where everything's been pushed to. So it's either going to get pushed to 2023 or it's going to come out. And I'm still October looking. 2022. Yeah. So that's what, what we've got for scoring. And I mean, the Geiger esque fucking, you know, look and, you know, look and feel of that game, you know, was what originally drew our eyeballs to it. Um, so it was a weird horror survival game, right? Right. It's, it's a first person shooter with everything being biological, like even the guns. Um, so, and it looks very alien, you know, uh, in that same vein. So, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it might, (laughs) I don't know. In, In an ecosystem where we're waiting eight years for a fucking game to come out, that fucking game has been on my wish list for long time dude yeah he's got some video of it uh you know I'll pull it up on the phone it looks pretty smooth um and of course the only thing i'd saw was fucking stuff that they had showed like years ago so this is two years old it was a 14 minute gameplay trailer gotcha okay well we'll see what happens but that's another thing to keep you know keep an eye on there's there's quite a bit of games. If you look at the, the, the release windows for games, a lot of them are, you know, TBD. Um, there's just not a lot of huge games coming out, but there's plenty of small things coming out that I will absolutely play. Still waiting for Dark Tide. We've got to get that game in our hands. Holy shit. I guess we'll be playing a lot of that with you being out of state. Yep. Well, um, I'll be able to do multiplayer now that I'll be uh, uh, probably a daywalker. Most likely. Uh, so we'll see. Um, there's uh, changes be a coming, but we'll, uh, we'll work things out. Well, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash real tiltcast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. We've got Cabbage KBG. We've got NoQuarters.net. We've got For the Love of Gaming. We've got BMFCast.com and TVGP.TV. They like RPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. Alrighty. Peace. Peace.